Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got the cure. Three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Hi, it's the Reading Bug. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Sourcebooks and their new book, There Was a Black Hole That Swallowed the Universe by the number one science author for kids, Chris Ferry. Help support our sponsors by purchasing There Was a Black Hole That Swallowed the Universe today at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Sourcebooks. Changing lives book by book. Welcome back for another Reading Bug Adventure. Each original adventure is written, performed, recorded, and produced by The Reading Bug, our independent, family-owned children's bookstore. And we really couldn't do it without you and your continued support. Please review our podcast and tell all your friends and family to listen, too. It really helps. A special hello and thank you this week to Harper from Arizona and to Cooper, Sydney, and Brady from California, our newest patrons. You're a part of what makes our podcast possible. If you'd like to become a patron and get special goodies and downloads, visit patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. Thank you also to Resonate Recordings, who expertly mixes and masters each episode of Reading Bug Adventures, and to all our sponsors, of course. To learn more about The Reading Bug, our family-owned children's bookstore, and our mission to engage, entertain, and educate children around the world, and to shop for millions of books, visit our website at thereadingbug.com. Or, if you'd like to get a monthly delivery of the very best books expertly picked by me and our in-store team, check out readingbugbox.com. It's a perfectly personalized gift for any child, whether they already love reading or they need to be inspired. Okay, reader, I think it's time to get this new adventure started, don't you? What are we waiting for? Let's fly! It's time for a Reading Bug Adventure! It's a reading bug adventure, there's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper, and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Reader, you're back! And just in time, too. We've made our way to the banks of the Nile River in ancient Egypt. Do you remember our plan? That's right. We're heading to King Tut's tomb to dress up as mummies and scare the would-be tomb raiders who are planning on stealing all his gold, treasures, and belongings. We just bought some white linen that we can use for our costumes, and now we're all here at the bank of the Nile River. But we've got a long way to go if we hope to save King Tut's tomb and get back home today. Isn't that right, Dr. Anderson? That's right. We've simply got to stop King Tut's tomb from being robbed today. When it is finally discovered in 1922, thousands of years from now, it's full of artifacts that give future archaeologists, like me, much of the information we have about ancient Egypt. It's one of the great discoveries of all time. But if the tomb is robbed today, I'm worried nothing will be left to discover, and all those amazing artifacts will be lost forever. But of course, unless we solve the scarab's riddle, 
You may be lost forever too, Dr. Anderson. We all may be. Reader, do you remember the Pharaoh's curse? That's right. Anyone who is unable to answer the scarab's riddle will be trapped here, close to King Tut's mummy, and unable to steal his riches for all eternity. We've already made one wrong guess. Two more, and I'm afraid we're stuck here for good. Scarab, I've been looking for clues everywhere, but I don't think I'm any closer to answering your riddle. Can you please repeat it for me? Of course I can. Which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed, then two-footed, then three-footed? Hmm. Which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed, then two-footed, then three-footed? Thanks, but I still don't have the answer. Do you, reader? Scarab... You also gave us a hint. It is given life by the waters of the Nile, and it can be found living in Waset, or resting in the Valley of the Kings. That's right. But how can it be right? We didn't see any clues in Waset, where we bought the linen for our mummy costumes, and I don't see any clues here, next to the waters of the Nile. We've already visited two of the three locations in your hint, Scarab, but... We're no closer to solving the riddle than we were when we first arrived. Reading Bug, let's not give up hope. Everyone take a look around and tell me what you see. Maybe we can spot something here that's given life by the Nile's waters. We've simply got to answer the riddle. I see a lot of people here, many more than were outdoors in the city of Wasset. Yes, that's because people here depend on the water from the Nile for food, water, transportation, bathing, and more. They simply cannot exist without the Nile. So even if they're mourning the death of our young pharaoh, they must make their way to the Nile. Oh, yes, look! There are several men across the Nile throwing nets into the water and pulling them back in. They are fishing, Lauren. Fishermen in ancient Egypt used nets like those to catch fish. And also harpoons and hooks. Just like in our time, people here fished for food and for fun. Incredible! And look at those men on the funny boats paddling down the river. Those boats look like they're made out of bundles of straw tied together. How can they possibly stay afloat? Well, you have to remember that there aren't a lot of trees in the desert, Lauren. So the ancient Egyptians built their boats from papyrus, which grows in the shallow waters of the Nile. They harvest reeds of papyrus and tie them together to make those small boats. Those boats can be used for fishing and for short trips across the Nile, but probably weren't used for longer trips. And look, there are more people everywhere, washing clothes, playing in the water, bathing their babies, filling jugs with water, and leading their animals to drink from the river. And it looks like the men and women are over here farming. Is that right, Scarab? Yes, but remember, the river is full of crocodiles and hippos, So everyone has to be careful about where they are swimming and washing and fishing and playing. But the river is a very important part of Egyptian life. Much of Egypt, as you know, is barren desert. But the Nile River floods its banks each year, making it possible to grow crops and raise animals for us to eat. When it is wet, we grow as much food as possible and then we store it to eat during the drier parts of the year. No one here could survive without the Nile River. When the Nile flooded, it would dump a layer of black mud on either side of the Nile. 
Egyptians called this area the Black Land for this reason, and the deserts all around were called the Red Land for the red, dry sand there. The mud in the Black Land was some of the most fertile anywhere, and each year Egyptians were able to grow more crops than they needed. As a result, the Egyptian population grew and grew, and the civilization here became more and more advanced. Uh oh. Uh, Dr. Anderson, sorry to interrupt, but the men in those papyrus boats are coming this way. I don't think they've seen us yet, and I'm not sure I want them to. They may not believe us if we're forced to tell them why we're here. Quickly, let's find a place to hide while they pass by. I think we can hide in the tall papyrus reeds on the bank over here. Quickly, follow me. Great job. They're definitely coming this way. And look! Reader, the men are not sitting in the boats. They're standing and using long poles to balance and to push their boats forward. It's incredible that the boats aren't tipping over and dumping them into the water. Lauren, we can't stay hidden here forever. We're going to need to get across the Nile if we want to get to King Tut's tomb and stop the tomb raiders, who likely have already crossed. The Valley of the Kings, where the pharaoh is buried, is on the other side of the Nile. On the other side? But Dr. Anderson, that's pretty far away. Yes, and I read that the Nile is home to many kinds of animals, including hippos, crocodiles, and snakes. Yikes! Where? That's the problem, Warren. The crocodiles and hippos are submerged. That means that most of their bodies are under the water, where we can't even see them. In fact, hippos spend most of their time completely underwater, swimming and feeding on plants. They only have to come up for air once every five minutes. And even then, the only part that you can see is the top of their heads, which can look a lot like a rock sticking out from the river. Well then, we can't swim across the river, can we? Well, you could. But if you ran into a hungry, hungry hippo, you'd be in real trouble. And, um, I'm not sure I'd want to ride across on your shoulder in that case. Lauren, reader, reading bug, I think I see another option. Look! The men are parking their boats on the shore and getting out. Once they pass, we could sneak out of our hiding spot, take their boats, and use them to get across. What do you think? But I'm not sure I can paddle one of those papyrus boats. And if we tip over, we'll be stuck in the water with the crocodiles and hippos, won't we? Reader, what do you think? Should we take the boats and row ourselves across? I think it's our only option, Lauren. There's no bridges across the Nile here. If we want to stop the Tomb Raiders... Okay, okay. Yes, Dr. Anderson, let's do it. Reader, we're going to really need to balance on those boats and be sure we keep an eye out for any hippos or crocodiles in the waters around us. Great. Shh. The men are off their boats and passing by now. Okay? Now, quietly. Follow me to the boats. Everyone, hop in and grab onto one of the poles. Great! Whoa, this boat doesn't feel stable at all. There's no way we'll get across without falling in. Do what I'm doing, Lauren. Look, see how I'm using the pole to balance? You can hold it in front of you or... Push one end into the water and onto the bottom of the river to help keep your balance. Oh, I don't like this one bit. 
It's like balancing on one leg. Hard. Raider, try to keep your balance, just like you're on a balance beam. Good job. Um, excuse me, but I think I'm gonna hop onto Dr. Anderson's shoulder. You're freaking me out. You're doing great. Now, touch the pole to the bank of the river and push off, and we'll begin our trip across the river. Ready? One, two, three, push! Whoa! Look, Reader! We're doing it! We're pushing the boat across the Nile together! Keep moving quickly and we'll be across in no time! One, two, three, push! One, two, three, push! Wait, look! I think you all may have just solved the riddle! Really, Reading Bug? That's incredible, but then what's the answer? When you're pushing the boat together with all three of your poles pushing against the bottom of the river, it's like the boat is walking on three legs. Okay, but every time I push, I'm afraid I'll lose my balance and fall in. That's right. When you're balancing, Lauren, and only two people are pushing, that's two legs. But four legs? Well, if there was another person pushing the boat... And one voice? Hmm, yeah. But I think the answer still may be a boat. Your answer is... Incorrect. You have one more guess remaining. Wait, what? I didn't mean to make that official guess. You have one more guess remaining. No! Only one guess remaining! That was unfair, Scarab. After all we're doing to help you... I'm truly sorry, but the rules are the rules, guys. And the reading bug made a guess. I didn't mean to guess, I promise. Oh me, oh my... Just one more wrong guess and we'll be stuck here for good and it will be all my fault. Oh, Reading Bug, don't blame yourself. We just need to get to King Tut's tomb, find those tomb raiders and ask them for the answer and we'll be home in no time. We're in this together and we'll get out of it together, I promise. At least I don't see any crocodiles or hippos, yet. Uh, sorry to deliver more bad news, guys, but look up ahead. I thought that might be a big gray rock at first, but now look, he is definitely a hippo. He's got a gray head with tiny ears, big eyes near the top, and a very large snout. Oh no, you're right, Scarab. Should we turn around? I don't think so, Lauren. That hippo doesn't look like he'll be giving us any trouble. See, he's yawning. Just a sleepy hippo resting in the water. Right, Dr. Anderson? On the contrary, that yawn is a very bad sign. When a hippo opens its mouth like that, it's not actually a yawn. The hippo is showing off its teeth to tell its enemies to stay away. And hippos live in herds of about 15 animals, which means that when you see one hippo, there are likely to be more nearby. Now that you mention it, I do see lots of other hippos' heads out there ahead of us. Lauren, reader, whatever you do, don't tip this boat over. That's right, reading bug. We're more than halfway across. The best thing we can do is to keep going and don't panic. 
if we can stay calm and steady, I'm hopeful the hippos and crocodiles will ignore it, just like they've ignored several other boats and people nearby. Let's keep on going. Are you ready? One, two, three, push! One, two, three, push! Great job, everybody! So far, the hippos have kept their distance. A few of them are watching us pass, but none of them are moving toward us. Just a few more pushes, and we'll be on the other side of the Nile. Great! And once we get to shore, we'll be safe? Not exactly, Lauren. Hippos can run very fast for short distances. So once we get to shore, let's run as fast as we can, just in case they decide to give chase. Ready? One more push. Then run when we hit the shore. Here we go. Run! Phew! I think we made it. Yes, and look, the hippo decided not to chase us after all. I don't blame them either. It's really hot out here. We're all hot, Lauren. You don't need to cry about it. <laughs> that wasn't me, Scarab. Look! Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, look! There are people walking down the road in front of us, and several of them are crying really loud as they walk. Behind them is a procession with lots more people. Some are carrying baskets full of food, and others carrying boxes over their heads. And there's a large cart pulled by two big bulls that's draped in pretty fabrics and covered in gold. What's going on? That's a funeral procession of someone very important and very rich. Under that fabric, the cart is carrying a sarcophagus with a mummy inside. A sarcophagus? A sarcophagus is a very fancy rectangular box, often made of stone and covered with hieroglyphs. Inside the sarcophagus, there may be one or more coffins. King Tut's sarcophagus, for example, contained three gold coffins shaped like the pharaoh, which were nested inside each other, and his mummified body was in the last one. Whoever is in there, people seem to be very sad that he or she has died. They're crying and wailing so loudly. Not exactly. You see, many rich families actually pay mourners to cry like that. The louder they cry, the more they get paid. Lauren, reader, reading bug, that procession must be headed towards the Valley of the Kings. If we can climb onto that cart, we may have a chance of getting to King Tut's tomb before the Tomb Raiders. Quickly, let's go! Hop into the cart? Oh my. Okay, reader, let's go. Quickly and quietly so no one in the procession sees us. Just this way, quickly. I'll climb in and you can hop in after. Let's go! Reader, climb into the cart and I'll be right behind you. Great, we're in. And with this fabric draped all around, this is the perfect hiding place. Great suggestion, Dr. Anderson. Oh, reader, look. The sarcophagus in this cart has a flat lid, and it's been painted and inscribed with hieroglyphs. I can read hieroglyphs. Move aside, move aside. Oh, yes. These ones tell us the name of the person who is inside 
and gives a list of all the food offerings that are being made with his burial. Look here. There's also a set of eyes painted onto the sarcophagus. Those are there so that the deceased person inside can see out of his coffin. And there's also a false door painted right here. That's for Ka to pass through. That's right. Sarcophaguses often had a false door so that the spirit, or Ka, could pass through it. While we're traveling, take a peek through the fabric that's draped around us on this cart, Lauren and Reader, and you can see the sights all around us as we make our way to the tombs of the Valley of the Kings. But be careful not to be seen. People are lining the street to meet the funeral procession and to cry and wave. Hey, look, it's them. The Tomb Raiders, look. There they are, traveling by foot. Shh, scare them. We don't want them or anyone else to hear us. That's right. And if we just continue on this cart, we'll beat them to King Tut's tomb, but just barely. Once we arrive in the Valley of the Kings, we'll need to quickly find the tomb and get ourselves dressed up as mummies and in a position to scare them. But for now, grab a seat as we make our way to the Valley of the Kings. And while we travel, I'll tell you a little more about King Tut. Great! King Tut ruled Egypt for approximately 10 years before his death, from around 1336 to 1327 BC. He was nicknamed the Boy King because he became king when he was only nine years old. Can you imagine being a king and ruling all these people at just nine years old? His parents were the pharaoh Amenhotep and his queen Nefertiti. But when Amenhotep died after 16 years of ruling Egypt, his young son, Tutankhamun, became pharaoh. If King Tut became pharaoh at nine years old and ruled for 10 years, he was pretty young when he died too, right? That's right, reading bug. The young pharaoh was only 19 when he died suddenly. And, as you know, his golden coffin was buried in a tomb in the Valley of the Kings, surrounded by 5,000 priceless treasures. These treasures included a golden throne, crown, and cobra, pottery and elaborate carved chest, as well as over a hundred walking sticks. Lauren, reader, Dr. Anderson, the cart is stopping. I think we're here. Let me take a peek outside. Hmm, nope. I don't see any pyramids, so we must not be there yet. Oh no, Lauren. There aren't any pyramids in Luxor or in the Valley of the Kings. Egyptian pyramids are located much farther north, close to where the Nile River empties into the Mediterranean Sea. In the very early days of ancient Egypt, pyramids were built on top of the king's tombs, but the giant structures attracted tomb raiders like flowers attract bees. I read in Hot on the Trail in Ancient Egypt that pyramids could be as tall as a 40-story skyscraper. That's right. Easy for any tomb raider to spot and find. That's why the Egyptians started burying their kings in the Valley of the Kings instead. On the surface of the valley, you won't see anything except sand and more sand. But underneath, there is a maze of hidden tombs. Well, I don't see anything but sand out here. So, I guess we are in the Valley of the Kings then. In Trailblazer's Tomb Raiders, the author says that there are 63 secret tombs 
tunnels, and pits hidden in the Valley of the Kings. With so many different and well-hidden tombs here, how will we ever find King Tut's? Well, Reading Bug, not all of those tombs have been built yet. And even though the Valley of the Kings was supposed to be harder to find than the pyramids, Tomb Raiders were able to eventually find most of the tombs here and steal the king's treasures. So they're not impossible to find, especially if you know what you're looking for, like I do. Let's all quietly hop out and see what we can find. Quickly and quietly, everyone out of the cart. Great job. Now, follow me. Okay, if I'm right, the entrance to the tomb should be just over here. Ha! Just like I thought. This is the top of the hidden staircase that will take us to King Tut's tomb. It sure is hidden. I don't see anything. Oh boy, I don't know about this, guys. I'm beginning to think it might be a really bad idea to go into Pharaoh Tutankhamun's tomb. Scarab, do you want to stop these tomb raiders or don't you? Come on, everyone. Help me lift this flat rock. The stairway should be just underneath. Reader, let's help Dr. Anderson lift the rock together. Ready? One, two, three, lift! Great! The staircase! That's right! Now, follow right behind me. I've got my flashlight, and we'll make our way down the stairs and into the tomb together. Be careful not to disturb anything. Every bit of this tomb is important to future archaeologists. Wow. This place is incredible, Dr. Anderson. Reader, look around. We're in King Tut's tomb. It's more magnificent than I'd ever imagined. We're in a small chamber that is absolutely full of treasures and artifacts. And there's another small room in front of us, and yet another to our right. I can see clothing, jewelry, statues of all sizes, furniture, and even plates of food in here. There are jewels and oils, and several jars with tops shaped like animal heads and... Oh, Dr. Anderson, can you shine your flashlight on the wall over here for a second, please? Of course, Lauren. Here you go. Reader, look. The walls and ceiling above are covered in elaborate paintings of people and gods in elaborate colors and leafed in gold. It's magnificent. Ah, yes. Tomb paintings like these were very elaborate, especially for pharaohs. There are images of people and musicians dancing and celebrating all around the pharaoh because ancient Egyptians believed these musicians could come to life and play for the pharaoh in the next life. And look, there he is. Pharaoh Tutankhamun himself in his final resting place in the room right next door. Incredible. Lauren, reader, look. In the room to our left is a large table with a huge rectangular box made out of stone. King Tut's sarcophagus. Let's go take a look. Careful not to knock anything over. There's a lot of stuff in here. Oh, wow! Look carefully at the box, reader. In addition to hieroglyphics, like we saw in the other sarcophagus, there is a deep indentation on the flat top, and it looks like it's shaped like a scarab. A scarab? 
Oh yes, look! And it looks like it's the same size as the scarab jewel that mysteriously brought you here to ancient Egypt, Dr. Anderson. Do you think your jewel might have been a part of King Tut's sarcophagus? There's only one way to find out. I have it right here with me. Let's put it on the sarcophagus and see if it fits. Oh my, it fits perfectly. And look, the sarcophagus is opening and the golden coffins inside are opening up also. Stand back, everybody. I hope there's nothing spooky inside. Nothing spooky, but look, a whole sarcophagus and the coffins inside have opened, revealing the third golden coffin, the one that holds King Tut's body inside. All of the coffins are a beautiful golden color, and the last one has the Pharaoh's face and clothing painted with blues and greens and reds. He's wearing a very large headdress and has a long braided beard painted under his chin. Amazing! Without your scarab, Dr. Anderson, we would have never have seen what was inside the sarcophagus. King Tut's curse must have brought that missing scarab back here to him. And you with it, once you touched it. Uh, hey, I hate to spoil the party, but listen. I think the Tomb Raiders are getting close. I think you're right, Scarab. Reader, Dr. Anderson, quickly, help me get the linen strips out that we purchased in Wasset. It's time to do the mummy wrap. Give these thieves the fright of their lives. Do the mummy wrap. Let's do the mummy wrap. Everybody mummy wrap. You're gonna look funny when you wrap yourself up like, like an, an old Egyptian, Egyptian mummy. Spin right around, we don't wanna be found. Shimmy and twist, hold your arms out like this Cover every part from your toes to your heart We'll be a frightening sight if we do the wrapping right Do the mummy wrap Let's do the mummy wrap Everybody mummy wrap Everybody grab a scrap Spin right around, we don't want to be found Shimmy and twist, hold your arms out like this Cover every part from your toes to your heart We'll be a frightening sight Mummy, wrap cloth tight around your tummy. Cover every spot, we don't wanna get caught. We'll wrap as we wrap, it's gonna be fun. And when they see us all wrapped up, everyone will run! Spin right around, we don't wanna be found. Shimmy and twist, hold your arms out like this. Cover every part from your toes to your heart. We'll be a frightening sight if we do the wrapping right. Spin right around, we don't wanna be found. Shimmy and twist, hold your arms out like this. Cover every part from your toes to your heart. Let's do the mummy wrap. Everybody mummy wrap. You're gonna look funny when you wrap yourself up like, like an, an old Egyptian, Egyptian mummy. Great work, everyone. Now, let's all keep quiet until the Tomb Raiders enter the tomb. Then, on the count of three, we'll all jump out, make mummy noises, and scare them off. Are you ready? Dr. Anderson, quickly, turn off your flashlight. Okay, Lauren. I think it's just this way, Tuta. I watched the funeral procession and saw them bring the pharaoh's sarcophagus down these stairs. Follow me. I don't know, Tia. I thought I heard something moving in there. What about the mummy curse? Tuta, don't be such a scaredy cat. 
You know the mummy's curse isn't real. It's just something they say to keep people like us from stealing all these magnificent treasures. Look, I can already see my torch reflecting off some gold in the tomb ahead. Just a little further. Okay, reader. Ready? On the count of three, let's give these guys a scare. One, two, three. Mummies! The curse is real! Run! And never ever come back! Let's go! Let's go! (laughs) (laughs) The plan worked perfectly! You all make some very scary and very silly looking mummies. I don't think those robbers will ever try to rob King Tut's tomb again. And word travels fast around here. When they tell everybody else that the mummy's curse is real, this will be the loneliest tomb around. And that means that all the treasures buried with King Tut will be right where they should be in 1922 when Howard Carter finds King Tut's tomb. Reader, Lauren, Reading Bug, you've saved the day. <clears throat> of course, you too, Scarab. Although, we wouldn't have had to be here if it weren't for you letting those Tomb Raiders pass. We all made a very good team today. That was really fun. Should we try to catch a boat ride back to the other side of the Nile? I can't wait to hear what the robbers are telling the people in Luxor about their visit to King Tut's tomb. And I'd love to take a larger boat up the Nile to see the pyramids and the Great Sphinx in Giza. There is so much more to see and do before we go home. I don't think I'm ready for another game of Hungry Hippos. Besides, it's getting late. It's probably almost sunset, which, if I remember correctly, that means that the sun god Ra is about to turn into the god of the sunset, Atum Ra. It also means that it's time for us to jump back into the Reading Bug's magic book bag and head for home. But Lauren, we can't go home. Remember? The Pharaoh's curse. Oh no, you're right. In all the excitement of saving the tomb from the thieves, I almost forgot. We have to solve the riddle the scarab gave us at the start of our journey, or we'll be stuck here in ancient Egypt forever. And our mummy disguises work too well, I think. Those tomb raiders are long gone by now. There's no way we'll be able to find them and ask them what the correct answer to the riddle is. We're going to have to solve this one all on our own. And we've only got one guest left. Reader, do you know the answer to the scarab's riddle? Is there anything we've seen today that might help us solve it? Let's think carefully. Scarab, can you tell us the riddle one more time? Which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed, then two-footed, then three-footed? And remember my hint, it is given life by the waters of the Nile, and it can be found living in Wasset or resting in the Valley of the Kings. Think very carefully about all you've seen and done today, and I'm sure you can solve the riddle. Thanks, Scarab. Reader, we're in Valley of the Kings right now, so maybe that's where we should start. What can we find resting here? Well, me maybe. I'm exhausted. (laughs) Very funny reading bug. But the only thing resting around this valley is kings, pharaohs, resting in their tombs in the next life. You're right, Dr. Anderson. I think we're getting closer. How about the Nile? Remember everything we saw there, reader? What is given life by the waters of the river? Dr. Anderson said that the Nile flooded every year, bringing rich black mud with it that helps Egyptians grow food that lasted all year round. 
So everyone here is given life by the Nile, aren't they? It's why we saw so many people by the river when we were there. You're right, Reading Bug. The Nile brought life to the ancient Egyptians, helping their population to boom and their civilization to thrive. Okay, then finally, what did we find in Wasset? The place where we bought the linen for our mummy costumes. Hmm. The only thing we saw there were vendors and shoppers. And us, remember? It was pretty quiet because many people were mourning Pharaoh Tutankhamun's death. But we did see the linen vendor and her little baby crawling in the sand. Okay, great. But what's the answer then? None of those answers seem to fit the scarab's riddle. Which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed, then two-footed, then three-footed? Lauren, the linen vendor's baby was four-footed, wasn't he? He was crawling and he couldn't yet walk. Yes! And the mom was two-footed. Once babies learn to walk, they stand on two feet. Like me and like you, reader. That's it! But three-footed? How can that be? Reader, do you know? Lauren, the boats. The boats? No, reading bug, remember that was the wrong answer. No, no. The boats and the long sticks you held to push the boat. It was like carrying a cane. Archaeologists even think that King Tut may have been lame and walked with a cane because so many walking sticks were found in his tomb. And using a cane, or a walking stick, would make someone... Three-footed! Reading Bug, you might have it right. right. I think that's right. Great job. Reader, what do you think? Is the answer the right one? We've only got one more shot at the right answer, so we can't afford to get this wrong. Okay, great. Reading Bug... I think you've solved the riddle. Scarab, the answer to your riddle, which creature has one voice and yet becomes four-footed, then two-footed, then three-footed, is a person who crawls on all fours as a baby, walks on two legs when they get bigger, and walks with the help of a cane, three legs, when they get old. Your answer is... Correct! You have solved my riddle and you are free to leave. I knew you could do it. You did it! We can go back home to the future. Just wait until my friends and family hear all about this adventure. And you're in luck, Dr. Anderson. All we need is the Reading Bug's magic book bag and our imaginations, of course, to get back home. Scarab, thanks for guiding us safely through Egypt today. And good luck keeping all those Tomb Raiders out of Luxor. Goodbye, and thanks for all your help. Look, reader, the reading bug is opening her book bag, and it's getting bigger and bigger, big enough to fit us all inside. Okay, are you ready? Let's all flap our wings and finally fly ourselves back home together. Dr. Anderson, I usually count to three before we hop into the book bag, but maybe before we end this incredible adventure, you'd be kind enough to teach us how to count to three in Egyptian? Of course, I'd be happy to. Ancient Egyptians spoke the Coptic language. In Coptic, number one is why. Can you say it after me? Why. Why. Good. Now two is snow. Snow. Very good. And now three, shomped. Shomped. Great. Now let's count together and then jump into the book bag. Why, snow, shunt, and we're in!
in. We've had a big adventure within our book bag, and I think we saved the day. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, book bag. Now it's time to fly away. Here we go. Look, reader. The riches of King Tut's tomb are disappearing as the book bag begins to take us back home. And no one will see them again until the tomb is discovered in 1922 by Howard Carter. Thanks to all of us. Great job scaring off those tomb raiders. I'll never forget all the exciting things we did and learned today. The funeral procession, the amazing paintings on the wall of the tomb. I can't wait to draw pictures of everything. Yes. And I'll never forget dressing up and pretending to be mummies with you. That was a lot of fun. What parts of today's adventure will you remember most, reader? If you loved today's adventure, like I did, and want to learn more about ancient Egypt or King Tut, you can read any of the books in my book bag. A complete list can be found at thereadingbug.com adventures. Oh, wow! I think we're back. Thanks for getting me home safe and sound. As much as I love studying ancient Egypt, I sure am glad to be back here in the present. You're right, Dr. Anderson. We are back. Thanks for joining us today, reader, and for helping us scare the Tomb Raiders and solve the Scarab's Riddle. We couldn't have done it without you, because... When you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane, build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. Cause you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could sing your way into a Broadway show. Don't let anyone tell you no. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can make your dreams come true just by being you. Thank you for adventuring with us today. What an amazing adventure we had. In just a minute, I'll play some music for us to color to. And I can't wait to see you next time for another Reading Bug Adventure. Goodbye. It's a Reading Bug Adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures was sponsored by Sourcebooks and their new book, There Was a Black Hole That Swallowed the Universe, by the number one science author for kids, Chris Ferry. And the best part of the book is that you can sing it. Sing a book? Oh, yes, 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 Lauren. Sing the words of the book to the tune, There Was an Old Lady Who Swallowed a Fly. Music is a great tool to help me remember everything I've read. Huh, sounds like a clever parody on the old familiar rhyme. It sure is and I really recommend it. The illustrations by Susan Batori are so much fun. And even better, 
This book will help spark creative conversations about celestial beings with kids, which is super important because space exploration is huge right now. That's right. We recently experienced the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, the first picture of the black hole, discussions about going to Mars, and India's attempt to land on the moon for the very first time. And can I let you in on a little secret? Of course you can. There are actually two books in one. Once you reach the end, you can use a black light flashlight to reveal a whole new story. This one starts with the quirk and ends with the creation of the universe. Oh, wow. We're thrilled to recommend There Was a Black Hole That Swallowed the Universe by Chris Ferry to all of our listeners. You can purchase it and Chris's other great books at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Thank you to Sourcebooks for their support. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Are you looking for a podcast that your whole family can enjoy that asks the deep philosophical questions like, do trees fart? If you are, then you'll love Tumble, a science podcast for kids. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Join us as we explore stories of science discovery, from butts to animals, dinosaurs, astronomy, and everything in between. You'll love these stories, and you'll learn something new. Find and follow Tumble Science Podcast for Kids wherever you get your podcasts, or at sciencepodcastforkids.com.
mommy rapper with butter around your tummy. Wrap it up, wrap it up.